from Asbury Seminary in 1966. I went to Detroit, pastored two years at the Detroit Redford Free Methodist Church. It was right in the middle of the urban crisis, uh, the uh, crisis, the riot, riot in Detroit at, at that point, 1967 actually. And I became aware as I was pastoring there, and then later during the time we were in Brazil, that I had no theology of the church as such. Uh, I had believed in Jesus Christ as Savior, I believed in the authority of Scripture, but I think I interpreted Scripture primarily as a personal devotional book and the handbook of doctrine. What I came to realize, partly through my training here at Asbury, but then as a pastor and in my missionary work in Brazil, is that the Bible is the book of the church, it's the book of the covenant, it's the book that tells us what it means to be the body of Christ. It's not just a book about my own personal life. And so during the years that we were in Brazil especially, I worked through the book of Ephesians and I came to some very, for me, important and I think biblical significant conclusions and insights on the nature of the church as body of Christ. And I noted, first of all, in Ephesians chapter 1 that Paul puts the doctrine of the church, the understanding of the church, in a big perspective. You see that especially in Ephesians 1.10, that God has a plan for the fullness of time to bring everything, all things, in heaven and earth together under the headship of Jesus Christ. So I've been developing that, thinking about that, looking at the fact that the church is, uh, even if it's only two or three people, uh, with God present around Jesus Christ, is connected with God's whole kingdom plan, God's plan to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head. So that's where Paul begins in Ephesians 1. But then throughout that book, he describes the church as community. So what I say is that in chapter 1, Paul presents the church in a cosmic historical perspective. But then in later chapters, he presents the church as what I call a charismatic organism. That is, on the one hand, it's this uh, reality uh, plugs into uh, all that Jesus Christ is doing in creating a people and transforming the world through the church, but it's also a very particular community, local, uh, filled with the Spirit as it's open to the Spirit, transformed by the redeeming blood of Christ, and charismatic in the biblical sense in two senses. First of all, because it's saved by grace, the charis of God, and secondly, because it is gifted by the Holy Spirit with charismata, the gifts of the Spirit. And so the church is both a part of that larger project, shall we say, uh, of redemption of the kingdom that God is doing, and also this very particular local community of men and women, body of Christ, created by God, redeemed by Christ, filled with the Spirit, in order to give witness in the local context, as well as more broadly, of the reality of Jesus Christ, and to bring people into community. It's very interesting, in, in the New Testament, Nowhere does it talk about joining the church, rather it talks about being made members of the body. The emphasis in, uh, in Scripture is on the work of the Holy Spirit, on the work of Christ, to bring, bring people together and form them as the body of Christ. What then is their mission? Well, it is to be body of Christ, that is to continue to do in the world those things which Jesus Christ began. So the very fact of being body of Christ is a way of speaking about the church in itself but also in its mission. It is Jesus Christ who is the head, we are the body. The mission of the church is to be in the world what the head directs, what Jesus Christ directs. And so that, that uh, statement of church as body of Christ is a very significant one. It's not just a spiritual uh, empty or vague uh, idea. It means literally to be 
and even physically, because we have physical bodies, to be the body of Christ in the world, continuing in the world the things that Jesus Christ began, joined to the head. And we see in, uh, in Ephesians and elsewhere in the New Testament, one cannot be joined to, be, to Christ without being joined to the body. So in our union with Christ, we are made part of the body, this community of one another, community that is described uh, uh, profoundly in Ephesians chapter 4, where we read about the whole body filled with the Spirit, growing up into Christ, and Christ's Spirit, uh, the, the grace of Christ flowing into the body. And what we have there in Ephesians 4, then, is this description of uh, the church as body of Christ, gaining its power, uh, its grace, its energy from Jesus Christ, and with a diversity of gifts. So what we find in Ephesians 4, it's not a clergy-laity distinction here. In fact, the New Testament knows nothing of a clergy-laity distinction. Rather, what we have there is uh, the description that Paul gives, and he reinforces this in 1 Corinthians 12 and uh, Romans 8 and other places. What we have here is the uh, picture of the church as the body of Christ filled with the Spirit with a diversity of gifts. And Paul mentions in Ephesians 4 in particular uh, five what I call equipping gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But then he also talks a lot uh, about a whole lot of other gifts as well. What is the role of uh, pastors and teachers, of apostles? Well, it is the, to equip the, the whole church for the work of ministry. That is the, uh, uh, the body, that is the key point of what Paul emphasizes there in Ephesians chapter 4. It's the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So, what is the role of uh, leaders in the church? It's to equip the whole body for ministry. So it's the whole body of Christ that is called into ministry. So if we draw all this together, what the New Testament teaches about the church, what we see is it's not so much that the church has a mission, but rather the mission has a church. Jesus Christ makes his, his disciples send us in the world as the body of Christ to carry out his mission and his work in the world. Mm -hmm.